Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. That's right. It's time for another With the First Pick podcast here on CBS Sports HQ. You're looking at lovely Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the Colts this week, home of the 2023 NFL Combine. Uh, and, and Ricky, saw that graphic there of two handsome gentlemen on set, <laughs> one a little more handsome than the next. And uh, we're lucky enough uh, in the A block here for the first part of the show to be joined by the one, the only, the Pete Prisco. He's back. He was here yesterday, and he's here again today. We're going to talk a little bit. I'll be his here all week. Up a little bit, you know. You're yeah, well, you'll be here all week. No, I won't be. <laughs> we got we got some feedback, and, and the interaction between uh, you two was was pretty exciting stuff. So we'll see what happens today. You, you hear the the sets being taken down in the background because. Some organizations aren't as serious about covering the NFL draft as we are. We're here all week, and we're going to start at the top. We're going to do uh, a little a little news, and we'll get to Jalen Carter. We'll talk some bold predictions with Pete, and, and then Emory Hunt will join us uh, a little later in the show to talk some sleepers. And always remember, you can follow the show, the audio version and the video version with me and Rick, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, on NFL at CBS on YouTube. So keep that in mind. But, but let's get to the news of the day, and it was sort of a surprise. And interestingly, Rick, we talked about this in the last podcast about how surprised Prizes can change the draft board. And specifically, we were talking about the 2016 draft with Larry Tunzel. Today, around 10 a.m. Eastern time, we were waiting for the defensive lineman to, to talk to the media, and specifically Jalen Carter, because all morning, if you've watched on CBS Sports HQ, we had the defensive lineman come through here and had a great time talking to many of them. Uh, 10.08, no Jalen Carter. And then we found out uh, the allegations. We saw Jacqueline just re- uh, talk about the statement he released. Well, he, he feels he'll be fully exonerated. What does this do as a GM when you hear news like this? And there were interviews previously, and there were reports that Jalen did not mention anything to the teams uh, about the news that came out today about the car crash and the racing allegations. If you're a general manager, you're here today, you find this out at 10.08 a.m., what is your order of operations? Well, the positive, if there is any positive out of this, is that you found out today instead of the day of the draft. But this is going to make everybody go back. They're going to use the resources with NFL security, what they provide. They're going to use their own personal security. Um, You're going to do a lot of research, a lot of investigation. I don't know if this will lead into anything more or any serious charges down the road. Could it potentially lead to jail time? But for sure, this will affect where he goes in the draft. But if it's just misdemeanors, which it is right now, does it affect where he goes in the draft? I think because of the tragedy of two young people losing their lives. It's a terrible tragedy, but, but if it's not a criminal, um, you know, major crime and it's a misdemeanor, does it affect where he goes in the draft? I think that's going to be up to each individual organization, how comfortable they are with the, with the allegations. You're going to have to get approval from ownership. You're going to have to tie the business side of the operation into the decision. Because you don't want to lose sponsors. Let's say a sponsor, a major sponsor of an organization, 
says, well, we don't want to be associated with your team anymore because you're bringing in a player that was associated with the loss of two young lives. Yeah, I mean, it's a tragedy. I mean, first and foremost, forget about football. Yeah. Those two people lost right. their lives. It's a tragedy. Uh, could have been, you know, any anybody not related to the game in the, in the NFL. So it's a tragedy, period. But I think you got to look at it from a bunch of different perspectives. One, if there are serious charges, he's going to have problems. If they're just misdemeanors, I think what will be highlighted is the fact that, according to reports, he lied about it. Right. And if you're a team drafting a guy, and he even with the misdemeanors, which won't, if it's just misdemeanors, they're not going to preclude a team from taking him. I just don't think that'll happen. But the fact he lied about it, that's not a good thing for a kid going into the NFL draft. And he did not bring it up, as Ryan, you mentioned earlier, he did not bring it up in any of the interviews that he participated no, in I talked Monday to a guy, night or Tuesday. I talked to a guy that was in a meeting with him, and uh, he was very, and this was before this even came to light, he told me unsolicited, he said he was very prepped for his interview. In other words, he knew that, A, maybe he knew that was in his background, but B, he knew that they were going to come after him because there's been reports, uh, you know, was it Todd McShay or somebody from ESPN reported that there were character concerns yeah. with him. And so there's other stuff at play here. This is a horrible, horrible tragedy. But as it relates to football, I think it's to be determined what it does for him. In I the think, football it, yeah, but if this case, and I'm going to ask you this and you both, that if you're the general manager and you're talking to your ownership group and the trial if there is a trial, it's not going to be till after the draft, and you don't know how that trial would turn out, would you still take the risk of potentially drafting him? Well, if there are misdemeanor charges, there's not going to be a trial. I mean, usually there's no trials and misdemeanor charges, so there's not going to be a, a trial. If it gets upgraded, then it's a major problem. Right. Then it's a major problem for him. And, and then I think you're talking about the issues. But if it stays the way it is right now, the exact way it is, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. I just don't. It's a terrible tragedy, but I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. The fact he lied about it isn't going to help him either. No. Here's the other thing. Why was it released today? Well, I mean, that's it's like the Larry Tunsil thing that came out moment, literally moments before the draft started. And Rick and I talked about this. It's the shock factor. And now, as an as a NFL team, you're scrambling to figure out what you have to do and how much time you have to do it now. The timing here is terrible, no doubt about it. But Rick, and we'll move on in a second. Let's just let's shorten this up uh, because we've other things to talk about, even though this is incredibly important. But this at least affords you the opportunity of time between now and the draft to sort out what you're going to do. Yeah, and that's what we mentioned earlier in the podcast is that if this did not happen on draft day, because if it happened on draft day, he could have been off a lot of teams' boards. So this is going to give teams an opportunity to do everything necessary to find out the answers and if they're willing to take the risk on a player that's very talented but has these issues coming in well here, here's the other thing and th this is going to sound crass and demented but there are teams at the back end of the first round or, or 15 down that are sitting there saying oh he might fall to us now and they'll take him yeah they'll take him yeah someone's going to take he's him because he's a he's a Let's be real. He's one of the two best defensive players in this draft. If not the best defensive Correct. player. Correct. So if somebody at the back end from a draft, and we're just talking about from a football standpoint. Right. We're not talking about what happened. We don't know the specifics of it. We don't know how it's going to play out. But if there's something there, not major, and I can tell you there's teams at the back end of the first round that would take him. It will be interesting to see which one's willing to do that. Okay. We'll have plenty of time to unpack this in the coming weeks and months for sure. Let's turn to uh, 
something a little less serious, bowl predictions. And, Pete, you're going to yell at me. Brick, you'll probably yell at me, too. That's fine. So we'll start with our offensive bowl predictions. And, Pete, I'll give you the opportunity to go first so I can yell at you before you turn around on me. Why are you yelling at me? What, who, who, what running back from Texas A&M am I talking about? Achain. <laughs> he got it right. He what's, got it right. What's your bowl prediction? Javon Achain, who's a track star running back from Texas A&M, can really fly. I love the way he plays the game. Is going to break the record for the 40 here. And Chris Johnson is the record holder at 424. That's coming down when he runs the 40 here. He's a legit track guy. He ran the. He's also a really good football. Great player, football by player. The way. Yeah. I, I love him. I think this running. I've said it all along. I think this running back class is loaded. You're going to find guys in the third and fourth round are going to be big time players. You're going to find guys on Saturday that are going to come yeah. in and help. With, I agree. Uh, have an impact I agree. I love team. this class, and he's going to break the. Record. I think Achain, Texas A&M running back, is a second round pick all day long. Ten point oh three win dated hundred. So wind dated, so not official, but that's still that's still trucking. That's flying. That's flying. All right, Rick. Let's see if you can top that. I give that a C minus. Go ahead. I think it's a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a very bold prediction. Oh, but stop it! Unfortunately, I'm going to top your bold prediction Let's with my bold prediction. Let's hear it. I am going to say that Jalen Hyatt will be the fastest player at the combine this year, the receiver from Tennessee. That's not really that bold. I'll be honest with you. It's bold. You're, it's bolder than your bold. <laughs> Did you say he's going to break the forty record? Huh? Did you say he's? Gonna I don't break think it? anyone's going to break the forty record. Well, I predicted he would, so then he wouldn't be yeah, the fastest but... guy. <laughs> <laughs> my bold over outdoes no, your bold. I, I'll do. No, I'm, I'm doubling no, down on my bold that Hyatt will be fat, and I'll bet you a dollar because I bet everybody dollars. <laughs> he bets everyone a dollar. You want to bet that, me a dollar that uh, that, that Hyatt, Hyatt is faster than Hyatt? Yeah, I'm going to say Hyatt's faster than okay. Hyatt. That's a good bet. Debo, the producer, is keeping track of these bets, so we'll, we'll keep that going. My bold prediction, which you guys are going to love because I, I, can, I can see it in your eyes. I, I can sense it. Anthony Richardson, one of the best athletes in this draft class, 6'4", probably 225, is going to run a sub-4 five. Think about, think about that <laughs> at that size. How does that strike you, Pete? I thought you were going to say he was going to put uh... – Bryce, uh, Bryce Young in his baby stroller and wheel him around or something. What a terrible person. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? what a terrible person. That's what? a terrible <laughs> Bryce Young's a little. You're no longer invited on our podcast. Right. You're no longer a um, distinguished no, guest. That, really, Four yours, five is, moving yours to that is not that bold. Give no. me a grade. Uh, D. That's a think? D. I, I would give you a D plus because Thank it you. is a big man that moves. But You guys are acting like he's uh, – Apparently, you didn't read – what Debo sent us? Bold. It's supposed to be an outline. Bold. bold. You're you didn't going go bold. with a conservative. Four, if he runs, if he run, let's put it this way: if he runs four six, are people going to start wondering if he's that fast? No, we're just talking about speed. The, the, no, the combine's no. all about running fast and jumping high. You should have been really bold and said under four four. Yeah, well, that's that would have been stupid, bold. though. That's uh, you guys. You guys don't. Bold. That's bold. It's bold. The whole process <laughs> okay. is to do something bold. And let's quickly let's rate let's rate. Uh, we're doing grades. Let's grade Jalen Hyatt uh, being the fastest receiver here. Rick's pick. Not the fastest receiver. The fastest player. The fastest player. Oh, that, now that's bold. I'll give that an A-. minus. That's pretty bold. I'll give him a C+. Plus. Oh. Well, C plus. coming from you, that's actually a compliment. <laughs> okay, let's Just go like the, the grade you got in college and <laughs> you know, all your classes, C+. You and gave me way, all A's. <laughs> by the way, Justin Fields ran a four four six. So That, that wasn't here. That was at the Ohio State Pro Day. I was there for that. So did times measure differently in Ohio than they do in Indiana? 
They do because <laughs> they run on their they <laughs> run, they run on their home turf. And All sometimes right. and sometimes it's only thirty nine yards. And, and sometimes downhill. it's downhill. Yeah, yeah, right. Stop it. All right, let's go to the defensive side because you guys are making less and less sense as we get through this block. All right, we'll start with you this time, Rick. Doing the defense, and this is bold simply because it's it's crazy. Go ahead. <laughs> My bold prediction is that Riley Moss, the corner from Iowa, will run under four. Point four five seconds in the forty yard dash. Why'd you add the little point four five? He didn't want to go four four. Why didn't you put four four on there? It would have been really bold if you went four four five is bold. I'll I'll change that. I'll go. He'll be. He'll break under four four and forty. Wow. That by the way, he loves him so much. I swear that kid went to Alabama. He does like. I mean, mean, are you on the payroll at Iowa too? I don't know what's going on here. Riley Moss. I just watch good football players, and I like good football players. Riley Moss is a good football player. He's a good football player. He doesn't play at four four, but it sounds like he may time that well. Alec Pierce was a surprise last year when he ran sub four four. That's that's actually not that bold. Uh, It was bold. Now you're saying it's not bold bold because he just said he gave you an example. Four four. He changed it to four four. He'll be in the four threes. He's going to run four threes. That's bold. Yeah, I'll give that an A. That's an A. Go ahead, Pete. What's your defensive prospect? Smith, the guy from Michigan, the yeah. nose tackle from Michigan, who I love, by the way. I think he's going to be a big-time player. He might actually end up being eh, maybe a captain of a certain team down the road, huh? The better than team? Oh, I see. Yeah. Maybe, oh, huh? Yeah. I doubt that. Oh, well, you know what? You don't do it. I do it. So <laughs> you have no say so in it. Uh, we'll break the record for reps, 49 reps. 49. Rick, he's you— He's going to break the record for 225. I found out that Rick was a former amateur powerlifter. How does 49 reps sound to you for Mozzie Smith as a record? Well, when a guy has 22-inch arms, he's going to be able to do <laughs> 65 reps. He doesn't have 22-inch. You're thinking of Peter Skaronsky. What are you talking about? No, I was thinking of Pete Prisco, <laughs> but— I do. But he doesn't have short that short of arms. And by the way— He's a great he's, athlete. He's repped 325 22 times. Yeah. Allegedly. Well— He's going to break the record. I give that. A, I give that an A. I, yeah. I'll give you a solid A for that. Yeah. Two A's. Get ready. Get your A pluses wait, wait, out. You were once a power lifter. Amateur. That's Amateur. What, you knew there was a meathead in there somewhere. <laughs> That's what I told him. That's what I told him. Wait till you hear the story how he hurt himself. <laughs> He's a meathead. All right, here we go. My bold prediction on the defensive side is the first guy we talked to this morning here, a, a guy that Rick and I fell in love with once again, Miles Murphy, the edge rusher. Out of Clemson, six five. It turns out two seventy five. He is going to run a sub four six. How does that get your ducks? Oh, That's boring. Ugh, that God, might even dude. be the worst one of all of them. That was worse than your first. Yeah, it really prediction. is. It's terrible. Four six you is moving that size. That's terrible. By the way, you said you love him now. Last week when I talked about him, you didn't like his game that much. I, I changed my mind. What are you doing? Just I talked to him. No, just because he interviewed a guy. That's typical Ryan combine. It is. It is typical. This is Ryan at the combine. He talks to a guy. He didn't like his tape. He talks to him, and now he likes him. Because he was a, what, mechanical engineer? A very smart young man. His brother was a mechanical engineer. He took academics very seriously. And you know, Pete. What should that, why should that change your you, view? Pete, you know that I have a, a soft spot for, for people who are seem like good people. So that, that's my issue. I liked him. Too. Yeah, I liked his tape. He didn't love his tape. I didn't love I brought it. it up to you last yeah, right. week. I didn't love it. Love I liked it. it. He, he has a lot of room for growth, and we, we agree on that part. Uh, grade my A-plus bowl break. That's, F. A, that's an F. You guys are That's worse. terrible. I mean, how many guys have been that size come in and run in the four five fives? There's 100 of Not, them. Name two. Huh? <laughs> they can't name two. You name one. Uh, exactly. Here we go. I'm That's trying a, to think. Mike Mamula. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. 35 years ago. <laughs> and then he got drafted in the first round, yeah. high in the first round, by the Philadelphia Eagles. That's not Bad bold. Packs. That's not bold. 
That really isn't bold. Meanwhile, neither of you can can name one. That's fine. Well, well I just did. Mike Mueller did. We'll, we'll see. We'll, if we had a producer and a director in Debo that would go and put a graphic up of how many guys at that size have run under four six. In Debo's that defense, would prove your, uh, he's, he's the podcast producer. I, you're <laughs> in, him in, the bus. in Debo's defense, he didn't think he was going to put something up so obvious either. He didn't have a graphic that long no. with every guy who did it. All right, look, we're we're gonna get out of here. It's I've not really, it's not really bold. So I have had enough of this. Yeah. Fun fact, by the way. No, the best part about this is the fact that you have now all of a sudden you found a crush. You like Miles Murphy now as a pass rusher. There will be a lot more guys that I end up loving by the I, end of this week. That's scary. I don't. We should keep him away from the interview process. He falls in love with guys too much. Rick, I'm sorry to say that people will be leaving us, but <laughs> there are 319 players here this week at the NFL Combine, and next people will be replaced by the irreplaceable Emory Hunt, and we're going to talk about some sleepers that Emory has identified over the last month of his travels, watching all these All Star games. We'll be right back on CBS Sports HQ with with the first pick podcast. Welcome back to With the First Pick here on CBS Sports HQ. It's the old podcast show from Indianapolis at the Combine. Brian Wilson, Rick Spielman, and we're joined by the incredibly impeccably dressed Rick, Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Emery, you've been traveling for the last six weeks. Can you name in five seconds all the all-star games you've hit? FCS Bowl, College Gridiron Showcase, Tropical Bowl, Hula Bowl, NFL PA Bowl, Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, HBCU Legacy Bowl, eight. That's a hard worker. That's a hard worker, and I'm not going to be able to match that. <laughs> so we have you here, Emory, because you have vast knowledge, not only of, the, of all the players coming through here, all 319, but of the players who are FCS players, Division II players, NAIA players, players who are destined to play in Canada. You have everything covered, XFL, any league that hasn't even been invented yet. You know these players. So we're going to go the top five small school sleepers brought to you by Emory Hunt at the very top of this list. Quarterback Cephas Johnson the third out of southeastern Louisiana. You're a Louisiana guy. I don't know if you're biased. Tell us a little bit about Cephas Johnson. Not biased at all, but I was shocked at how tall he measured. He measured in at a legit 6'6", 225 pounds. Saw him at the College Ground Showcase. He also played a little wide receiver at Southeastern Louisiana. He worked out as a receiver there at the Gridiron Showcase, but primarily was a quarterback, got better each and every rep he threw the football. And what's also impressive about him is that he played at South Alabama, transferred to Southeastern Louisiana, threw the football extremely well. They ran a dual quarterback system, over 500 yards rushing on the ground this year, 10 touchdowns, five interceptions. He is someone that reminds me a lot of what Cornell Stewart mm, brought uh-huh. to the table when he was coming out of Colorado, I was fascinated how well he threw the football in comparison to the other prospects that were there uh, at the position. Rick, let me ask you quickly, because this is Emory's second. We don't want to steal much, too, too much time for him. But when you're watching small school guys, what's the most important thing they have to do to differentiate themselves? Well, they better stick out, especially at that level. And it sounds like his size, his speed, his athleticism all stuck out when you did evaluate him. Now it's an opportunity for him. I don't know if he's at the combine or not. But he will have a lot of guys down there working out in his pro day. And to determine, and I don't know if you said they did some receiver with him as well, do you think he would be a legit quarterback, or do you think people are looking at him as an athlete? Well, that's the funny part because I watched him throw the football. I'm like, okay, he's he's throwing it real nice. Then he goes out there and runs a route. He beats a guy deep down the field Mm. and gets vertical. But then he goes back to quarterback, and he outperformed the other quarterbacks that were there. So you start to see teams start to raise their eyebrows and, hey, man, maybe this guy's a developmental guy. Kind of like what the Steelers did last year when they brought in Chris Oldokin in yep. the seventh round, work yep. with him and try to groom him and develop him because we know what the quarterback position looks like nowadays. You need guys that can do more than one thing. So let me ask you uh, about Johnson. 
I don't know if he'll get drafted, and that's the, the hit-or-miss situation when you're talking about small school guys. Do you have an idea where you might think he should end up, given what you've seen from him? I don't want to name the team that had a lot of interest yeah. in him at the College Gridiron Showcase, but it wouldn't shock me to see him end up in the AFC, I'll put it that way, with a lot of guys that were like, hey, man, this guy fits our mold, fits our prototype, and this is what we want at the position. So talking a little bit more to coaches down there at, Louisiana, at Southeast Louisiana, he's expected to run in the 4-4. So you wow. got 6'6", six, six, 225, running in the 4-4s. There's a lot to work with with Cephas Johnson III. And, Rick, you, you would probably admit that sometimes it's better for young men like this to go as priority free agents as opposed to being seventh-round picks because they can choose where they want to go. Right, because at the draft, and we had the philosophy, and especially during the COVID year, is that why we wanted all those sixth- and seventh-round picks. I think one year I had four or five seventh-round picks. We didn't want to go and compete with guys like this in free agency because right. right after the draft, it's mad chaos. you got 31 teams, and this kid here will have 32 teams calling, trying to recruit the kid. You do the recruiting process even before the draft. You have your coaches calling the kid. You know, when teams bring these guys in on what they call the top 30 visits, it's not the top 30 players. It's guys like this who they want to recruit, show what the, you know, meet with the coaches. Coaches get to know who they are, want to show them what the facility is. It's like college recruiting. Hmm. But if I'm a player, I would not want to get drafted in the seventh round. I'd rather go into free agency, college free agency, because a lot of times what's happening now is that they're guaranteeing a lot of those base salaries. So you actually may be making more money as a college free agent than right. potentially as a draft pick. All right, do you want to quickly hit on one more player on this list that you want to, you want to make note of? Yeah, I, I, listen, we're in Indianapolis. The running back, Toriano Clinton of the University of Indianapolis, right up the street. All-time leading rusher with 4,500 yards rushing. Leads the, the, the school in touchdowns on the ground with 48. He is also someone that can return kicks. He's 5'8", about 190 pounds. Well-built guy. He's short, not small. But he also averaged 30 yards a kickoff return and a, a 28 yards a punt return last season. So he does special team work. That's probably going to be the fastest way he'll get on the field. He was outstanding. And Danny Kittner out of University of Mary, Division II program, over 1,700 yards receiving last year. He was another one at the College Gridiron Showcase that had a particular AFC team looking at his services and put everything down when it was his turn to go in one-on-ones because he was doing such a great job down there in Fort Worth. And that's why Emory Hunt knows everyone on planet Earth that plays football, Rick. All right, let's get to your top three combine sleepers, uh, a little more well-known names than, than what Emory does his deep yeah, dives on. And I, I admire you for going down there and digging those guys because that's what a lot of scouts do. Right. And to go and find guys like that, that's how we found a lot of our guys. And I wish I could say I was the one down there digging. You can but that. it goes down to the college scouts. It goes down to analytics. Uh, they'll put these guys through the test to see if they rise from the rest of the college free agents. And you can get some great players when you go out and do the things that you just did. I appreciate that. It, it, listen, there was guys that just do a lot down there, and it, it, the return game is big for these guys that are coming from these small schools. Yeah, Rick isn't big on compliments, so that, that says a lot. All right, Rick, give me one. Uh, the, the one you want to highlight out of your three combine sleepers, who's your guy? Yeah, no, I, I was very excited about Trey Palmer, the receiver yeah. from Nebraska, who I think is one of the fastest receivers in this draft class. Love Tank uh, Bigsby when I went and looked at him on tape. But the guy I really want to hone in on is Deontay Banks. He's the one that I was shocked that there's not a lot of buzz on him coming into the draft and coming into this combine. But I think after he performs here, yep. 
He's going to be in the top of the corner draft class. There's five or six guys I think can go in the first round, and I think he is going to put his way in there. As you can see, when you watch the tape on him, he has great ball skills. He can play in both man and zone coverage. He can run with receivers when he's stretched down the field. He knows how to find the ball. He's a big-time hitter. He can blitz off the edge. So there's not a lot of holes in this guy's game, maybe some technical things that he's going to work on. But when coaches and scouts see this guy, mm. the way he hits, the way he can cover, can fit in any scheme, he's going to be one of the top corners in this year's draft I class. I love Deontay Banks. I've had him going in some of my first-round mocks, and I think he's well-deserving. When we look at my list of three combine sleepers, it's uh, equally as exciting, maybe even more exciting than Rick's list. But uh, Probably not, but go ahead. I'll let you decide. <laughs> it starts with Darius Rush. We saw him, I like him at the Senior Bowl. Had a great week at the Senior Bowl. Rashawn Johnson, Sam Laporta is a fun tight end out of Iowa that's not getting a lot of buzz right now. But I'm going to focus on Rashawn Johnson, the running back out of Texas, because when we talk about Texas running backs in this 2022 season, it's B. John Robinson. The great thing about Rashawn Johnson, low mileage. Fantastic special teams player. Can you explain what low mileage is so everybody that's, listening to yeah. this podcast understands that? Thank you. That, that's something your brother would, would have said <laughs> as well. It means he hasn't taken a lot of snaps because a lot of the snaps went to Bijan Robinson. So he hasn't carried the ball. He hasn't taken a ton of hits uh, against top flight Division One competition. But when you see him play, he is so quick in the hole, one cut and go. He is thick. He's going to run through arm tackles all day long. I think he's going to run really well here this week as well. And I mentioned the special teams that he adds, and that's a component that a lot of times fans don't think about Rick, but you know how incredibly important it is when you draft guys uh, to help out. They have to be able to place teams unless they're a starter, and I think that Rashawn Johnson gives you all this. And I, Emory's a running back. Emory, you like Rashawn? Yeah, I like him. And here's the thing: you kind you can't get caught up in a situation where where you're used to being the number two guy. Yeah, that's what you're going to be at the NFL level. Some teams may project him to be a starter. He may not be suited for that role because he spent so much time being a complimentary guy, and that's where he probably has to be. That's one of the questions that he will be asked during this interview process. If we draft you, and we're going to have to draft you high, and you are a backup your whole career, why is it so important for you to become a starter? And it will be interesting to see how he responds to that. But if he has any type of competitiveness to him, he's probably going to want to say, I want to be the man. I finally want to get my opportunity to show that I'm one of the top running backs in this class. Because you had some of that situation with Lindell White and Reggie Bush. Brian and Robinson it, last year. Exactly. Works I, I well go back, both of them. To, uh, back in the day when Emmett Smith came out, or, or, or Thurman did, when yeah. he came out of Oklahoma State. Mm. Guess who, who his backup running back was? Who? Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. It was Barry at the, yeah. the same time frame. Uh, by the way, Debo, the producer, makes note, Rashawn also had 56 catches last season and just 60 for Bijan. So he also adds that element in the pass game as well. And um, i trying to think. Well, the one thing, just to point out about yeah. him as well, he did kick off returns, and he's a big back with speed that we saw on the clips that can do that. And the thing that surprised me the most for an offensive guy, they had him running down on kickoff coverage. Mm. And he made two or three hits as a uh, covering on kickoff to say, this guy's just a good football player. And that gets your attention, too. Oh, yeah. When you're in the front office, not necessarily when you're a fan and you see the touchdown runs, you need to be able to play all three phases. And Rashawn Johnson checks all those boxes and makes your life easier as a coach or an evaluator when you're drafting that young man. And especially if you're going to be a backup. And backups uh, have to be able to play on special teams. Right. And most of the time you're going to find them in the secondary 
or at the linebacker. But when you can find offensive guys that can help you on special teams, that's how Adam Thielen made our roster. He wasn't a receiver at the time. He just played so well on special teams. If they can play well on special teams, especially as a young guy, and keep developing, that usually was a pretty good indicator that they're going to be a good player at their position. No, that's a great point. And that's it for Wednesday's show with the First Pick Podcast. Uh, So great to have Emery Hunt with us. Thank you for upgrading the uh, show in Block B here. I dabble. The level of conversation. You can see that you can follow with the first pick wherever you get your podcast. You can scan the QR code there if you're lazy. And whatever you do, just subscribe to the old podcast there because Rick and I would really love your support. Also, we're going to be here Thursday and Friday doing the show again. We will have NFL Combine coverage from start to finish all weekend long, all week long. We'll be here Saturday as well, me and Emery from Indianapolis. So be sure to stay here on CBS Sports HQ. Thanks for joining us.